So let's look at Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Second part of the message on hope. You cannot talk about hope unless you first understand faith. Hope and faith are, are separate. Are they? What would I say? They, they are distinct and yet inseparably connected. Hope and faith are distinct yet inseparably connected. So I'm going to read first from uh, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 in the New International uh, Version. And then we'll read from the Amplified. We, we looked at that one version last week and we'll be reminded again. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith. What is faith? What's the first word in Hebrews 11.1? 1? Say it again. You don't need faith for yesterday. You can't go back. You don't need faith for tomorrow. You're not there yet. Faith always works now. Faith is always in the present tense. Everybody understand that? Faith is a present tense. So now faith is. You see that? Faith is its present tense. Now faith is what? Being sure of what we what? Hope for and certain of what we do not see. Let's look at it here in the uh, Amplified Translation. Now faith is the assurance. We talked about this last week. The title deed. The confirmation of things hoped for. Divinely guaranteed. And the evidence of things not seen. The conviction of their reality. I love this. Watch this. You got to see this. Faith comprehends as fact. What cannot be experienced by the physical senses. And that's not just random and emotional and ethereal. I want you to get this. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. In other words, we have confidence of things we don't see yet. Based upon what? Hoping, wishing, rubbing rabbit's foot, finding four-leaf clovers, crossing our fingers, chanting Looking at crystals, doing weird stuff? No. Based on what God said. Pure and simple. Our faith is based on the word of God. And if God said it, we accept it before we even see it happen. Okay? So faith. That's faith. Now, uh, so, so, so what happens? Hope. We see that. Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. Hope is the fruit of faith. Faith is confidence that God will do what he said. Faith is trusting God to be faithful. When I trust God, when you trust God, when we put our faith in God, a byproduct of faith begins to take place in our life, and that's called hope. Hope is the expectation. Faith is the trust. Hope is the expectation based on that faith. It's impossible to have biblical hope without faith first. Hope is the byproduct. Hope, biblically, is not like hope in, in, in the natural sense. The Bible talks in one place, Paul talked about human hope. What is human hope? Human hope is just wishing. Maybe. You never know. Could be. You understand what I'm saying? Some people call it being optimistic. I don't really think we're optimistic as Christians. We probably appear that way. But we're not just optimistic. We're confident. We have a confident expectation that God will do what he said. That's faith and hope. Remember I gave you the, the, the illustration uh, of, the, of the little boy and his dad. Hey, I've got a better one this week. It's even more personal. Well, it's better for me because it's about me. And I've got some expectation now. Guess what happened? I've got a friend who knows that I'm a Dallas Cowboy football fan. All right? And he says, so pastor, the Dallas Cowboys are playing the Tennessee Titans on Monday night, November 5th. 
And I said, I know that. I've already looked at the schedule. And he said, so it's in Dallas. And I said, I know that too, because I'll look at the schedule. He said, so if you'll come to Dallas, I got you tickets for the game. So that's what I did right there. So here's the deal. I trust my friend. And I really trust him now because he sent me a picture of the tickets. So because of my trust in my friend, what I have, you know what that dancing was? That's expectation. See, I'm not at the ball game yet, but I can already smell the popcorn. I can, I can already see that 40 yard long HD screen that no other team has, but the Dallas Cowboys. I can see it. I can already see it. I, I, I can, I can already hear the cheers. I'm already figuring out which one of my Dallas Cowboy jerseys I'm going to wear that night. You know why? That's hope. I have a confident expectation that I'm going to enjoy something that's been promised to me even before I get there. See, you understand? That's hope. That's hope. And, and now, if my friend was a liar, and, and, and I do have some friends that, that uh, their mouths write checks that their life can't cash. Anybody ever a friend like that? They're not good friends, but they're friends. Come on, you understand. So, so you know, I, I, I've got some of those guys that, that you know, they, they talk it better than they walk it. Anybody, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so if one of those guys told me that, I would just say this. That's really nice. You know, I'm not going to rain on this parade because it could happen. But I just say, but I don't get expectant. I don't have a confidence because they've let me down before. Does that make sense? See the difference in that? And so I don't have a lot of hope when they tell me things. Uh, you know, there's some people I, you know, I got to see it. Uh, and, and there are other people, you just have to tell me, and it's done in my mind because you've never let me down. You've never backed up on your word. See, my, my dad taught me under promise and over deliver. <laughs> don't over promise and under deliver. He said, be humble on the front end, under promise and over deliver, and, and you'll always do okay. So see, God is faithful. So we get this, don't we? We get faith and hope in how this works. But, but I want to talk about the nitty gritty part of hope today, okay? That's the fun part of hope. Uh, that, that's the exciting part of hope. And it's very real, and it's very tangible, and it's something that, it's a gift in the life of a believer. It's, I said last week, it's the oxygen to your soul. It's the encouragement. But let's talk about those times that we've all walked through when the promise comes and with it the hope because we know God is faithful, but the delay is a lot longer than we had anticipated. Anybody understand that? We've walked through those times. What happens to hope? What do we do in the wait? Well, let's look at Proverbs thirteen twelve. Proverbs 13, 12. Let's, uh, and keep your, your Bibles open and your devices fired up. We're going to look at a lot of scripture here. This is something because we're talking about faith and hope that's based on the word of God. I don't want to just talk about, uh, you know, situations. Uh, let, what does the word say? So Proverbs 13, 12 is, is a very real uh, explanation of how life works. When, when hope is uh, having to carry us because the weight has gotten long. We understand that. <clears throat> Proverbs thirteen twelve. 
Hope deferred. I don't really even like the first part of this verse. Do you know there's some things in the Bible I'm not, I don't really like a lot? But it's the Bible. Am I being sacrilegious there by saying that? There, you know, some things I'm like, oh, man, I wish it didn't say that. Look, hope deferred, what happens? What does it do? Makes the what? It, how many understand that? How many, can I tell you, have ever had to walk through that? I have. Hope deferred. I, you know, that means, this word means drawn out. It means pushed back. I've got the promise. And I know you're faithful, God. I know he's faithful. I know God doesn't lie. I know he's genuine and true. And, and because of, there's an expectation. But, but, I, but, but you know, it's, it's easy to hope for a day. Come on, isn't it? And it's easy to hope for a week. And, and it's easy. And, 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 and ask, but ask Abraham. It's hard to hope for 25 years. Hmm. Ask Joseph. It's hard to keep hoping when you're 17 and God gives you dreams about being a leader and your family following you and, and, and that same family that you're going to help, throw, they're going to kill you, then they throw you in a well, then they sell you like a slave and then you go to a foreign country and you get thrown in prison for a false accusation. Sometimes hope is kind of deferred, Right? And if we don't understand the process, what does it do? The Bible says hope deferred makes my heart get sick. It means weary, weak. My, my heart, my belief, my, my view of life, my expectation starts getting beat up because I had to wait on some things. But then look at this. But, but, see, aren't you thankful that wasn't the whole verse? Because here's the other side, because we're talking about the promises of God. But a longing fulfilled. The King James, I think, says a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. See, sometimes you have to wait and, and, and your hope begins to wane and weaken a little bit. But he says, but oh, if you just hold on, if you just don't give up. It's like a tree of life. It's life. It's life-giving. It's like a lady I can't imagine. I nearly passed out watching my wife have our two children. I don't know what she felt like. I, I nearly passed out. But it, and there's something about delivery and birth. You know that delivery. I don't know how Phyllis felt. My God, I thought it was three days. But she's like, she's this amazing, you know, birth giver. I think labor, four hours, honey? Four hours. I thought it was four days. I mean, she's having a baby. I'm sweating. You know, my knees are shaking. My stomach hurts. I'm like, my God, you know. And, 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 but then when that baby comes, it's life, isn't it? It's when that longing is fulfilled. That, that, that thing you're hoping for, the promise you're holding on, when it happens, it's, it's, it's life. It's a tree of life. It's like, oh, my goodness. And, and what happened? <clears throat> it's just like, it's the most amazing thing. That brave, courageous, wonderful wife of yours, mother of your children, that had that child and, 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 and birth, you know, she, I, I don't want to scare, maybe I should be quiet because I don't want to scare the, the, the couples that had children yet. But, you know, she just, she just walked through the valley of the shadow of death. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? But as soon as the baby's put in her arms, it's like, it never happened. She's so happy and she loves you again. <laughs> you know, there's, there's this period of time where you just don't know. You know, you, you know you're, you're, you're the big guy. You're especially that first child. You're going to be the birth coach. You know, you're up there like you think you know what you're doing. Okay, breathe. 
You know, and she, if you're not careful, she's going to reach up and grab you by the neck and you're going to have somebody help you breathe, you know, telling her what to do. You know, you got your little whistle and your little manual and like you understand anything she's doing. You don't have a clue in the world, but you think you're the coach. Anyway, she's just putting up with you while she's concentrating on something else. But then the baby comes and it's like, it's all gone. And you know, hope based on the promise of God will bring life to you. How many can say amen to that? And so we have to learn to walk. But let's, let's talk about it. What about the delay? Look at Romans chapter 5 and verse 1 with me. Romans 5 and verse 1. Romans 5, 1. I want you to turn there and let's see what, what we do. What, what happens while hope is deferred, while things are being drawn out? How do we stay on board until the answer and the life comes? Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Watch this, amazing. This is amazing. Watch this progression. This is, is the waiting wasted? No. How many heard what I just said? Don't waste your waiting. Don't miss what's happening. How do we wait when hope tarries a bit? Romans 5, 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at verse 2. Through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Now watch this. And we rejoice in the hope. What happens? We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also, so we start with hope. It starts with hope. And watch this, watch this journey. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces if I just stop there, how many heard what I just said? Now, I'm, I, I believe, I, I'm a man of faith and vision and hope and confidence. And I believe God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. But in life, men and women who love Jesus, who obey his word, who walk in faith, who walk in obedience, there are going to be some moments in your life where you're going to face some issues that you could call suffering. How many heard what I just said? Being a Christian doesn't insulate you from the realities of life. Being a Christian allows you to walk with God through the realities of life. See, it's not what happens to me. It's how I respond to what happened to me that determines where I am in my faith with God. How many heard what I just said? I'm not going to sell you a cheap Christianity that says if you accept Jesus, everything works perfect for the rest of your life. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't need to lie about grace and salvation. It's good enough without somebody lying about it. Okay, are you with me? So we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces. If we keep our hope. Isn't that how they started? So what does it produce? Read with me. Perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces oh see you started and you ended with hope hope is what I was holding on to when I walked into my suffering I'm suffering my heart is is hurting because I want to see this happen but if I keep believing God while I'm walking through my suffering I begin to develop what perseverance in my life and perseverance in my life produces what character we've got too many characters and not enough character Come on. And so what happens with character? Character produces hope. Look at this. And hope 
does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Hope does not disappoint us. We start with hope. We hold on to hope. We may suffer, but my suffering is going to produce something for me if I am hopeful in it. How many see the difference in what I'm saying? We don't just walk into the hard times of life and just say, you know, well, who knows? It just happened. I'm unlucky. Or God's not listening to my prayer. Or God doesn't care about me anymore. Or this isn't fair. Instead of all those human uh, ways to deal with difficulty, we keep our hope. Because we know God is who he says he is. And we walk through the suffering and we begin to produce perseverance and character and, and, and integrity and hope. And hope does not disappoint us the devil wants you to give your hope away the devil wants you to give up because hope is one of the greatest gifts let's look at Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 28 Isaiah 40 28 see hope is how faith waits how many heard what I just said hope is how faith waits let's go to Isaiah chapter 48 the Bible says we inherit the promises through faith and patience how many heard what I just said Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40. Please turn there with me. And I want to go to verse number 28. Isaiah 40 and verse 28. We inherit the promises. We, we, we receive what God said through faith and patience. Now, oh, I'd rather not wait. How many would rather get it right away? Come on, tell the truth. How many want it today? Now. The minute God made the promise. If you don't, you're not, come on, you're in church. Don't lie to me like that. Don't try to act spiritual. Look around at your neighbor. I saw somebody just in say, I don't care if it's today or not. Yes, you do. You looked over there and acted like you didn't mind. Yes, you do. But the deal is, hope will carry us through these things. Hope will not disappoint us. This, this is, hope is how faith waits. Verse 28 in Isaiah 40. Watch this. Do you not know this? You have to remind yourself. Remember last week I told you sometimes you need to preach to yourself. You got to remind yourself, look, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. See, we start with him. Hope is your eyes are on the giver of the promise, right? Look at this. I love this. Keep reading. He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. Come on, keep reading. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. Look at this. But those who hope in the Lord. How many hopers here today? Come on, see, come on. But those who hope. The King James says, wait. The way you wait is in hope. It's not just sitting around, wasting time, angry, frustrated, growing weak. Now, listen, we've all had to battle to hold on to our hope at times. But I'm helping us understand how we wait. Hope is how faith waits patiently for God to do it. But those who hope in the Lord, what happens to us? Those that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. The word renew means to make an exchange. Literally, he says, God will take our weakness and give us his strength in place. Those who hope in the Lord will trade weakness for the strength of God. Come on. They will what? They will soar. On wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Listen, I really like these verses because I'm not as young as I used to be. 
But, but let me tell all you youngsters in the house that even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But no matter how old you are, how many miles on the car, how much treads left on the tires. Anybody still with me? Come on, some of you old schoolers should be shouting right now. But the Bible says, as long as we hope in the Lord, what happens to what? I exchange my weakness for his strength. And you may get tired, but if you're going to hang with me, I'm going to run. And I'm not going to get weary. I'm going to walk and I'm not going to fall down. Why? Because we're hoping in the Lord. When all everything else is blind and gone and dead and done we wait in hope sometimes it hurts to hope you ever felt that way sometimes it hurts to hope life says give up on your hope let go of your hope quit fighting the battle quit standing strong but 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 we can have these uh, battling emotions in us and still keep our hope on God. How many are thankful for that? Look, look at this passage, Mark 9 and verse 21. I'm just trying to walk you through how we wait. Mark chapter 9 and verse number 21. We, we, we've, we've seen this passage before, but think about it in this context. Maybe this will encourage you. See, I think some people think God is so hard to please and get along with that if you do one little thing wrong, it's all over. I think there's some people that think if you have one little doubt, then you can't have any faith. That's not true. Do you know, or if, if I'm afraid at all, I have no faith in my life. You know, faith is a choice, not an emotion. It's a commitment, not, not a circumstance. And so watch this. Maybe you can relate to this. Mark 9 verse 21. Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? Hope deferred. How long? How long has your son been like this? From childhood, he answered. It's been a long time. His dad had been hoping, heal my boy. I want my boy to get better. Look at this. From childhood, it has often thrown him into fire or water to kill him. One instance like that is unspeakable. But a lifetime of that? And it was a demonic spirit in this little boy. And it throws him in the fire and it, it, it throws him in the water. He says, look, look, and, and we're here in verse 22. He says, but, but if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. Now look, when, when, when you ask God, God, can you, can you do anything? I love Jesus' answer. Look at verse 23. Now Jesus was never smart, Alec. I mean, come on. I, mean, I, didn't, I, mean, I feel uncomfortable even saying that. He was never, whatever, anything that's not good. So, so he says, if you can. Look at Jesus. He says, if you can. If you can. Sir, everything. Someone say everything. Everything is possible for him who believes. If you can, I mean, he had to stop say, wait a minute, let, let, let's just get this right. This is no if you can. He said, everything is possible if you believe. And then watch this. Here's the deal. We've been here when hope is being deferred. Look at this statement. He, he says, the, 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 immediately the boy's father exclaimed. Uh, some translations said he shouted, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. You ever been there while hope has been deferred? God, I believe, but help my unbelief, God. I, I trust you, but this, 
This thing's nagging on me. Come on, let's be real today. I'm trying to help you work through hope deferred so your heart doesn't get sick, so you don't condemn yourself, so you don't, you, you, you don't lose what God is saying. He said, I believe in you, Jesus. I, I believe, but God, I'm battling something. I'm waiting. My hope is kind of becoming deferred. It's drawn out, and I feel like, feel like I'm getting weary. Do you, you understand that? Jesus didn't rebuke him. He didn't turn away from him. He cast the demon out. He healed the boy and everything was fine. Do you know if you come to Jesus honest, if you'll just be real and say, God, I believe in you. I know you're true. I know your word is right. I know you never lie. I know you never fail. I know you didn't send the sickness, but God, I'm battling. He says, I got you. It's possible. We're going to get there. Don't give up. Stay in the journey how many hear what I'm saying to you today it's amazing it's amazing he healed him look at Hebrews chapter 6 the Bible's full of these things that I think we sometimes miss in our journey Hebrews 6 and verse 11 Hebrews 6 11 I want you to see this he he, he said I, I'm battling and Jesus said you're okay I'm going to heal the boy you're close enough you're good you you come to me I I'm going to make up the difference in this journey that you've been on. This father, can you imagine watching your son thrown into the fire by a demon? Can you imagine going out for a family walk and suddenly the boy's thrown into the lake and you've got to rush in and pull him out? And you're every day, every minute of your life, can't sleep at night, worried what's going to happen to that boy. Hope deferred can make your heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Can I tell you, God's worth waiting on. <laughs> the promise worth waiting on. But it's understanding how you wait. How you wait. Hope is how faith waits. It's where God renews you in the journey, see, and, and keeps you on board and says, I've got you when you're struggling. We're going to get this done. Look at Hebrews chapter 6. Now, the book of Hebrews was written to some Christians under, uh, some of those reading this, under severe persecution. And trial. And so this was a theme that you keep reading. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 11. We want each of you to show this same diligence to the very end. In order to make your what? Hope sure. See he says you got to stay on board to the end. To make your hope sure. The only way the devil ever beats you or me is when we give up. You understand that? It's the only way. We cannot lose unless we give up. I can't tell you the timeline. But he says, we want each of you to show this same diligence to, to the very end in order to make your hope sure. But keep reading. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. So you understand what is lazy? Lazy means I give up and don't do anything. Sometimes you got to work to hold on to that promise. Anybody with me? And make your hope sure. Well, how do you work, Pastor? You work by doing what I, you work by reminding yourself about the greatness of God. You pull scripture out when you don't feel like reading your Bible. When your emotions say, I'm mad at God and he didn't do what he said and I'm tired. You just go back and, and you do some work. You, you do some work. You, you get down here on your knees and you do some work. You put your praise on and you turn the blues off. 
you, 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 you know, you get out of reality fake TV, fake reality TV, and you get into the real word of God and say, I need to do some work. I need to find God. I have to do some work here because I'm not going to be lazy. Let's keep going. Verse uh, 13, when God made his promise to Abraham, see, here's a 25-year wait. Huh? Since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself. Now, I don't know about you. That makes me want to shout. God said, I'm going to make you a promise, Abraham. And he says, you know, to, to show you that, that I'm true, I'm going, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to swear to this promise. And he looked around, and there was nobody on his plane. <laughs> He's, he looked around, and he looked up. There was nobody up there because he's God. There was nobody greater than him to make the commitment to and nobody equal to him. So he says, I'm just going to promise because of who I am. All right. So, so when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. See, his hope kept him alive. While he was waiting on the promise of God. Drop down to verse number 19. This, this is good. Come on, you're waiting. Your, 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 your hope is deferred and, and, and your heart's getting a little weary. Come on, you, you keep going back to hope. Look at verse 19. We have this hope. Someone say hope. We have this hope as what? An anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. Oh, you know the wind of doubt and unbelief wants to push you around, doesn't it? And long wants to push you around. But the Bible says you, you, you're in the middle of a storm. It's blowing. The boats are going everywhere. Everybody's a wreck and you're just hanging in there. Why? Because hope is anchored down in the word of God. Come on, that hope is an anchor for your soul. And look at this. It goes beyond that. It says not only is it an anchor for your soul, uh, firm and secure, it enters the inner sanctuary. Woo! The, see, hope brings you into the holy place. Behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He's become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. So hope will anchor you down when everything else is blowing you around. And it will bring you back into the presence of Jesus, face to face. We sang today. Some of you might not know that word. Uh, uh, the first song we sang today. If, if, uh, never mind, I'll just stay with that. The first song we sang today is about Shekinah glory. What does that word Shekinah mean? That's the Hebrew word that when the high priest went into the holy of holy places, one day a year, one man on the planet, the Ark of the Covenant was there and a glowing cloud of God's literal presence was in that room. It's when Moses came down off the mountain and he had been in the presence of God and his face was glowing so much they had to put a veil over his face. That's the Shekinah glory of God. It's what you get when you see God face to face and he says when your life is upside down and hope is getting long and you're losing your confidence and you're praying God don't let me stop believing my hope will anchor me down and draw me into the very presence of Jesus and I don't have to see an answer if I can see the one who gave the answer I don't have to see the end if I see the one who said the beginning and the glory the Shekinah of God begins to help you batten down and stay on board. Anybody see what hope does? Hope's important. Hope's important. Look at Hebrews 10. I'm, I'm almost sort of through. Hebrews 10. Go to verse 22. It just goes on. Watch this. Hebrews 10 verse 22. Let us draw near to God. Okay. See, this thing keeps turning us back to God. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of 
faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Now look at this. Let us hold unswervingly to what? The hope we profess. God, I decree (laughs) you're who you say you are. I'm going to hold on to my hope. I'm going to profess my hope. Are you with me? For he who promised is faithful. Look at this. I want to help you with something. A lot of people get, get, get in trouble on this waiting thing because they read verse 23 and 22 and, and, and they didn't get on down to verse 24. Look at this. We're talking about hope. We're talking about holding on. We're talking about the profession of our hope. And he says, and, he didn't change the subject, and, verse 24, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, you know what the devil wants to do to people? North Alabama is littered with people who are home right now, angry, depressed, discouraged, And God's not mad at them. But why aren't they in here? Not that you've got to be here to go to heaven. God is not going to check the membership role at Calvary when the rapture comes. Everybody get that? I'm sorry. That disappointed some of you and made some happy. But that's just the way it's going to be. But people that once served God and walked with him and hit a hard time like we all do at times. But what happened when their hope began to slip away from them? When their heart began to become weary and waiting, you know what they began to do? They began to withdraw, get by themselves, pull the world in on top of them. And the Bible says that if I'm going to hold on to my hope, he says, I I, I need to consider how to spur one another on. And I I need to have somebody around me that 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 didn't give up as well. Listen, I'm not I'm not upset at people in doubt and the discouragement and despair who couldn't make it to worship God today. My heart goes out to them. Because except by the grace of God, we'd be in that place. Because we've all had to wait on an answer sometime. But the problem is. You begin to withdraw, the enemy begins to isolate you, and there's no word to encourage you in that moment. He said, don't stop meeting together. Oh, there's some days it would have been easier just to stay home. Don't raise your hand, you'll scare me about next Sunday. But, you know, it would have been easier to stay home. Man, I don't feel good. I don't have a lot of faith. I knew a family many years ago, I don't think there's any way anybody would ever know who this would be, or I wouldn't even share it. This was over uh, 30 years ago. Came to Calvary, had a tragedy in their family. A child killed in an automobile accident. And I, I get horrific, horrific. And finally came to me and said, Pastor, we're, we're, we're not going to go to church anymore. Now, they did something a lot of people won't do. A lot of people will stop going to church and won't tell anybody about it. You could have helped them if they had talked to somebody, but they just leave. See? So they said, Pastor, we're not going to go to church anymore. I said, why in the world would you stop coming to church? They said, because... There's too much joy here. There's too much joy. I said, I said, I don't understand. They said, we're grieving. We're broken. We're discouraged. We come in here and people are worshiping and praising God. They said, we don't belong here because we don't have joy. I said, you need to get someone else's joy for a while. You need, see, see, the enemy doesn't want you to come around. 
He doesn't want you to crawl out of that depression. He doesn't want you to claw your way back into faith. He wants you to let go of your hope. He wants to beat you up by yourself. And sometimes the very thing you need when you don't feel like it, when it's not easy, when it would have been more normal in yourself to stay home and, and, or, or, or isolate yourself or get mad at the other Christians in your life and, 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 and you know go whatever way you might go. But the thing to do is remember, I need to hold on to my hope. I need to go somewhere where I'm going to hear the word. I, if I don't feel like worshiping, I'm going to get around some worship. If I, I can't get my hands up, I'll stand up. If I can't stand up, I'll come sit down there. If it's all I can do, I'm not going to crawl in a hole and let the devil steal my hope. You got to work for this hope sometimes. See, I, I, I want to close with this. A few years ago, I, I did a series called Run to the Roar, and I wish I would have known this fact at that time, but I want to help you with this. We're, we're going to close with this. I want you to listen to me. We want our musicians and our, and, our, and our worship team to get ready. You can go ahead and come. See, uh, there's an interesting way the way lions hunt. I'm talking about hope and holding on and not getting sick. Watch me. Listen. There's going to be a little activity. Stay with me right now. Listen. I knew that the lionesses did most of the hunting. Just like with the humans. What does that mean? It's mama that's preparing the meals and daddy just sitting around. So anyway, come on, let's go on. Okay. So, 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 so I, I knew that the lionesses did most of the hunting. I knew that. I, I, but, but what I didn't always understand was this. Listen, here's often what their plan is. Once they've spotted their prey, a herd of impala or gazelle, the female lions creep up in the tall grass of Serengeti and they're ready. We're still and quiet. And the big male lion walks around on the other side of the flock, the herd. Okay? He walks out here and when they're in place, he's on the other side of the herd. And he roars the roar of that big lion. They say you can hear it five miles away sometime. And what happens to that herd? That roar frightens them. And immediately, what do they do? They run from the roar. And they run right into the mouth of the lionesses waiting on them. Do you know there are going to be times in your life and mine where you need to remember that the devil is like a lion. Seeking whom he may devour. And there are going to be times when everything in you says, I have to run. I've got to run. I have to run. I have to leave. I have to give up. I have to let go. I, I, I hear that roar. Your skin crawls. Your, your emotions scream. Everything says, you better give up. You better run from the roar. But what I've discovered is that what I run from will often push me into the thing that will destroy me. And when I will hold myself down and let hope anchor my soul and turn and face the roar, of life and refuse to give up I find my God coming in every time and just when you're about 
to receive the answer to what you desire, the lion is going to roar as loud as he can in your face. But what you find is this. There are going to be some times that you can't just stay in place. You've got to run into the very face of that roar. See, the longer I wait, the more frightened I become. I think about David. The Bible says when he came before Goliath, he said when he put the stones in his pocket and one in the sling, the Bible says the giant cursing him, insulting and blaspheming God that David began to run towards the giant as he swung his sling. I'm going to tell you, hope is faith running when everybody else is turning in the other direction. Hope is when my faith starts to run and I say, God, I know you can do what you've done. I want you to stand with me and we're going to engage this moment with God right now. Your faith has not betrayed you. And your hope, though it hurts sometime, is going to carry you to an intended purpose. My hope. I'm not going to lose my hope. We sang it earlier today, but now I want you to understand what it really means. He can do it again. He can do it again. Have you got any lions roaring at you right now? His bark is worse than his bite. That roar is just trying to put you in the place to kill your faith, to rob your faith, to steal your hope, to decimate the thing you believe for. Listen to me. Don't run. Don't run. Don't run from it. Run at it. You know what? You know why David ran at Goliath? His faith in his God gave him hope to know a confident expectation I didn't finish reading Hebrews 10, but, but one of those latter verses says, so don't throw away your confidence. What is hope? The confident expectation that God will do what he said. Teenagers, you may be the only teenager in your school as it starts this year that's serving God. Don't, don't get weary. Don't throw your hope away. Don't take your anchor up and let peer pressure push you around hope in God. Marriages, keep your hope in God. Parents with prodigal sons and daughters, keep your hope in God. Those of you walking through a sickness, keep your hope in God. God's faithful. God is faithful.